to, I like to give a little, uh, a little behind the scenes. I like to give a little behind the scenes. What's wrong with that? Makes the people feel, as the song says, connected. Why? Why wouldn't you want to see me do it on the fly? I, t- I totally did that on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> I bet obviously. you did. I did it completely and, and and totally forcefully. I was like, let me just give him a little peek. They'll, they'll like that. It's like accidentally uh, starting to type in the uh, the address bar and a word that starts with an X and just kind of seeing where <laughs> things go, right? <laughs> yeah, let's just play a little uh, internet roulette and see where my browser takes me. And then get an interview <laughs> question about, you type in X.com into your browser, what happens? Well, <laughs> in my house, probably a little different than your house there, buddy boy. <laughs> That's Welcome. the long game. That's Twitter's long game. That's I'll Twitter's tell you what. Twitter's long game. Oh, that <laughs> absolute Muppet. Uh, welcome back. We are on, I think, show number four this week. Um, are you serious? We did, yeah. uh, no, well, so we had Vertigo, we had Ada Zebra, we had Ada Zebra's last week, yeah, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or maybe I'm confusing the webcast too. That's a different thing. No, oh, we did yeah, at yeah. least two webcast. other ones this week. We did, yeah, we did too. Oh, My yeah. fingers look like oh. fucking sausages. Jesus, who look I at mean, that. You just notice that now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord. <laughs> this um, is a solution for that. It's called, you know, exercise. Uh, listen, oh, mother oh, oh, oh. I've spent wow. more time in the gym <laughs> Bro, this past really? week than you've ever been in the gym your entire life. Because with this physique, you don't need to go to the gym. He's working on the hugs. Oh, he's gotta yeah, he's got to work on them hugs. Hey, yeah. mm. Riverside and uh, Investigator Chick, Kathy, they were on. Yep. And they count for like 10 people because they're that awesome. Well, anyway, That's welcome great. back, everybody. This is the actual happy hour uh, that we do every Friday. My name, of course, is Danny. We have Jake. We have Brandon. We have Dev. And good Lord, for somebody who's so close to me, getting <laughs> getting time with Steve Reagan is a... Uh, I thought getting time with Riverside was hard. I thought getting Russ on would be hard. Jesus, Steve's like, I got a thing, and I got a thing. I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've literally been trying to schedule this for four weeks now. Like, that, oh, that's been a thing. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been a thing. Uh, I, like, I literally shut down my calendar today. I was just like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> that's, that's it. And that's... that's oh. So, between packing and, and uh, tying off, like, loose ends before I leave. Like, that's what I've been doing today. And now I'm here. When do you so, leave? When do you leave for Vegas? I fly out tomorrow morning. So, oh, I will God, be out there Jesus. from... Yeah, from the 5th to the 15th. So I will be out there uh, doing it. But keep in mind, I mean, think of all the shit I've got to do while I'm That's out there. Fair, Not just yeah. day job stuff, but like B-Sides Las Vegas and things like that. So That's right. You're, yeah. on, you're on staff there, aren't you? CMO. Oh, well, excuse me, Mr. CMO. Was a <laughs> but but are you a goon? Are you a goon at DEF CON? That's the only thing that matters. Uh, so I've, I, it's the thing is to be a goon at DEF CON, you don't ask to be a goon. They ask you. And I, it's just never been a thing. It's never happened. And that's fine. Like, that's not, that's just I mean, not they, a thing. Like, they must it, not have and, high standards. Danny's and, one. And, and, no, they do. They <laughs> have high standards. I haven't said it yet. You I give him shit, but he's good at that. He's actually really good at it. I've seen him interact with the public. It's it's a really good thing. Don't start honestly, that goddamn I counter, do, Alan. <laughs> I didn't say if I was to do that. I think honestly, Prescott would probably be where I'd fit in. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's otherwise, I don't think I'd be able to fit in anywhere else. I could yell, scream at people to make a hole, but I do that anyway when I'm walking with my friends who are goons. So, <laughs> oh yeah, Steve doesn't need allowances to like he he doesn't need a red shirt to say that. Uh, you will fucking move. Clear this goddamn hallway right now. 
Were you on the Southern Fried Security podcast, Steve? Yep. Okay. I was the news Yankee. Oh, because uh, uh, Bill in chat was like, for the record, I still missed Southern Fried Security podcast. And I can think of no other reason for oh. an out of left field comment like that than to uh, assume you were on there. Yeah, Martin, Andy, Yvette, Joe, like they they were amazing. So I miss them. I miss hanging out with them every week. Like they were they were so much fun. We had a lot of fun with that show. Like we honestly did. And it was <laughs> I, I so here's here's how it happened. One day we were uh we were talking, uh like trying to remember the history. So I met Andy before I met Martin, I think. And I met Andy when I was in Spain doing something with Panda Security. I was sitting on a panel with um Let's see, it was Andy, uh, Byron Akihito, Bruce Schneier. Like, we were there talking about just like security in general. And I was getting pictures in, in Spain. We're in Bar I think we're Barcelona. No, not Barcelona, uh, Madrid. So we're sitting there and I'm getting photos and things like this for the, the, the website. And <laughs> I thought Andy was watching me, but he was not. And the next thing I know, I'm about to get ran over <laughs> because Andy wasn't paying attention to me. That was, that was, I met, I met him there first. And then we came back and like, he and I were friends. And then we, Martin and Andy reached out. I was like, you know, meet Martin. And I think that's how it kicked off. It was like, my friend Martin's going to do a podcast. Do you want to be a part of this? And we've been friends ever since. Like, that's just been a thing. Uh, Yvette has known them forever. Joe has known them forever. I missed them. They they were a lot of fun to to hang out with on a weekly basis. And a lot like you, Danny, when you set up this show coming in at the last minute, I used to, <laughs> to do a lot of the recording on my Linux laptop. It was a old Ubuntu system. Every 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 time I go to try and, and uh do the recording, I would have to either update it or something. It would even break or delay or you know, there was always there was a running gag that uh if if I tried to update something, we had to delay the show by an hour because I would fuck it up somehow. So it was speaking of was, fucking up, something's yeah. going something's going on in my back studio. It's not affected it hasn't affected the show yet, but I can't hit transition without it doing it. I keep trying to add a window and it's just not <laughs> we're staying right I'm here. staying right here. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go back. Uh, Time out. Let me see if. Uh, okay. Oh uh, no, no, I got it. I got it. Never mind. Crisis averted. Uh, uh -huh. For all of you who only ever listen on Spotify, you miss you miss a few things. <laughs> like, but a lot of. But no one's seeing what you're doing right now. Danny, no one's see us. Danny struggle bussing. Uh, we should. To... I'm gonna start streaming. Danny streaming during these <laughs> yeah. things. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> the thing is, Danny, it would probably be helpful if you show up more than five minutes before the show starts. For the record, I am always What's here that? early. Today was like one of the first days that I, I got sidetracked doing other things for work for Trimark for TrimarkSecurity.com. As a matter of fact, welcome to Trimark. Security. I was trying to give you an easy out. I was trying I mean, to give you an easy in out. In theory, though, he was here long before we started. He sat idle for like a good five or six minutes before like yeah. we we actually heard from him. So and, like he was here. It worked. And yes, Bill in chat. Wait, audio only is an option. Damn. Yes, as I have mentioned, maybe I don't mention it enough. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. Uh, so yes, it is. It was one of the easiest decisions that I had to make. I was like, well, I don't personally watch a lot of videos. Like I don't watch my friends streams. The only ones I do watch are like wireless shit show with, uh, with, uh, 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 uh Kintaro and dark matter. But other than that, I'm a podcast audiobook person. So yes, we're up there. Go look for us on Spotify. There's um, a question for you, Danny. Do you ever listen to yourself? Like do you ever go back and listen to the old podcast? I do. Okay. Um, I think he listens to himself more than you. Yeah, you can't admit. Well, I have to. I'm the one that I'm the only one that does the editing here. Uh, so, 
If it is a show right. that I really enjoyed, I enjoy most of them. If it's a show that I, I that I do, like I'll, I'll be editing and then I'll be like, oh, I'll just sit there and listen before I know it, the whole hour is over. Like I actually re-listened to the one that we had with Russ the other day because uh, mm-hmm. I really liked it. If if it's one where I personally think I shit the bed, the uh, the guests could be phenomenal and they usually are. Uh, uh, the host not so much, but if it's if I I will still not like because I I think that I shit the bed doing it. That goes all the way back to me being an ex radio DJ, where your reviews from your boss, your program director, would be every week. If I I was a weekend DJ, so it would be a Monday afternoon. I'd have to come in and sit with the PD, and we would do what's called an air check, where he would just play all of your on air breaks. And not there were no compliments. There was never any. Oh, you really hit that post, or you really did that. That was a good copy, or whatever. It was. Why did you say it like this? Why aren't you more excited? Why do you suck? Why do you suck? Why do you work here over and over again? And then what I would also put myself through is this was back before like USBs and shit. So I'd have to burn my show on a CD and drive home for forty-five minutes and re-listen to myself as a method of torture. Please, Danny. Let's, let's not let's not pretend you don't use your uh your, those CDs for mood, mood music at nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> I do have them. They are. I don't have them near me, but they are somewhere in case I really want to put on track them, so. three. And they it really help his wife fall asleep at night. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I think it's it's a damn brave thing because I honestly like never watched an episode of the TV shows. Never watched uh, any of the the other like on spot interviews I've done. I've never listen to any of the the recordings like i won't listen to this record i hate the sound of my own fucking voice your voice is fantastic so, by the way i yeah, no it's not i had i have the face for uh for radio and the voice for silent films like that is that is very much <laughs> you, a, uh, no you have the face of every 1920s hard-nosed journalist that like has a drinking problem but a heart of gold and will eventually give his life for the main character that's you yeah. God damn it, Murray. I told you. Do you guys need a room? I mean, are you guys okay here? Oh, wait, wait, wait. We don't need a room. We're exhibitionists. Oh, what are you talking about? Open, oh. You have to uh, you have to avert your eyes. We're not averting them for you. Yeah, we are not ashamed, bro. <laughs> That's just not happening. Dang it, Bobby. Uh, so, by the way, we got really far ahead of ourselves. Not that I think that Steve needs damn an, an introduction. Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Um, we have Steve Reagan on. Anybody who doesn't know him, how dare you? Uh, but two, I don't want to make you feel bad about it because not everybody knows everybody. So, uh, welcome, Steve. Is a you're a former? Are you ever really a former journalist though? No, not really. Like I still do. Uh, I still help out active journalists with bylines. Um, I'm still creating stories in the background at my day job. Like no, you don't ever leave journalism. It's in your blood. Like if you do it, you do it. It's it's a thing. I just don't have a byline anymore. Like I actually don't write for like any any news orgs or anything. I just I have a blog that I update whenever I get a chance, and that's about it. Like that's now I'm just in the background helping people. Who pays your salary now? Uh, let's just say they're a oh. well-known giant. Uh, I'm sorry, you are, I'm sorry. I asked, assuming you'd be allowed to be like, I work here. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's on my LinkedIn, you know, Cisco. Oh, so okay. that's, that's oh, you that's know what? I, I completely forgot already. <laughs> I still, I was expecting you to say Akamai. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, <laughs> I miss Akamai. Akamai was a lot of fun. Uh, we did the Sodi over there, which again, that's that's more writing. So you're right, you never really stop. Uh, but like I got to do a lot of, of really cool research when I was at Akamai, uh, like criminal economics, fishing. I'm obsessed with fishing, you know that. But it, it's it's a thing to where like it's 
I got like free reign to go and do my own like individual like research and then tie that into like the data and write stories. That was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun there. Did you ever re-listen to yourself on those? Nope. Nope. <laughs> do you ever reread which so the other the other double edged sword is rereading things that you've have you reread your stuff after it's yes. published and out? Because there are times I'll want to call back to something I've I've done before and so I'll have to go back and read it. What really pisses me off though is when I go back and read it and I realize I've made a mistake and it just sits with you. Like you're just like God damn it, I'm stupid. And it, it goes like that is that is very much a thing. But yeah, I will go back and read some of the stuff I've written in the past, like even news articles, because I'll want to call back to them. And it's 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 you know you just have to do that sometimes because you want to you, you want to layer your research in a way that it's defensible, so that anybody can go behind you and and get the exact same results no matter what. And that's true when you're writing like detailed reports, you know. So you you want to make sure that that stuff's accountable. And so yeah, I'll I'll have to go back and read and and do research and everything, usually from scratch. Were you ever so like? Did you ever go back and read a thing and you're like at the time? You thought, oh, I really nailed this metaphor. I thought I was so funny doing it. You read it, and you're like, you jerk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 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 so uh, what the hell? It's uh, Now I can't even think of it, but it was like a, a metaphor. I got completely fucking backwards, and it's hysterical when I go to read it now. But yeah, uh, my favorite thing. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm reading comments in the, the lobby while I'm talking to you guys and uh, looking. My favorite thing is looking up how to do something and finding it in a book I wrote. And yes. Oh, my God. So I was I was giving a conversation. <laughs> I, I was giving a talk and um, I was I was calling back to like this one threat actor group that, that got dipped into fishing and they've created uh, drug based um, fishing kits like the fishing kits names were like cocaine and, and heroin and speed and all this. And so like I was giving the talk and I was trying to research where the origins came from. And without even thinking, I went and Googled like the, the names and I found this really great article on a, a an old bulletin. And I was like, yeah, this is great. And I looked at the, who wrote it and it was, it's fucking me. That's the cool stuff I ever wrote. Oh, Hey, it was me. Look at that. I, I do that all the time with, uh, 80security.org it's like i'm looking something up and i'm like all right uh, like who's done this before and and boom like top 10 hits is always sean metcalf and i'm like god damn it i've already <laughs> read this one <laughs> always always I was at a security guy. conference one time walking around and i went up to this vendor and they had some some really cool like uh fishing tech and i was i was you know interested in how they're they're doing defense they were they were a, a mid-tier mssp and so, like, I'm, I'm talking to him, and like, yeah, you should read this article that uh, uh, somebody published a couple months ago. And I'm looking at it, and it's me, but I didn't tell them. Like, I didn't have my photo on the the article. It was just like the the headline and the byline. And I was just like, oh yeah, this is great. And read. It. I was like, yeah, they, you know, it dawned, it didn't dawn on it. But I was sitting there looking. I was like, how cool is that? That like, you know, somebody's using you to to make a point for their their thing. And as I'm reading the article, I realized I misspelled the threat actor's name. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. He could have been telling you about the article and be like, "Nah, that's complete BS. Don't don't listen to that." And then so you go back I, like, "Oh shit, that's my uncle." I, I have uh, one time there. This guy was uh, talking to somebody about the Tribe of Hackers book, and they were they were quoting advice about don't being afraid to to you know make mistakes, and that's one of the lines I have in that book. I was like, yeah, but the guy who said that's an asshole. I wouldn't listen to a word he said. <laughs> and it didn't dawn on him until they opened the book. It was funny. 
Yeah, that was... In all of your reporting on things, have you ever written an unfavorable, whether it's about an attack group or whatever, and had them contact you and be like, well, actually? Or yeah, like, uh, so I literally had uh, the Syrian Electronic Army uh, coming after me I when I was at guys. IDG. Yeah, and so first of all, because of like the attacks being attributed to them were failing miserably, I called them the B team. I said, <laughs> you're not even worthy of being the A team, you're the B team. And I trolled the shit out of them on Twitter for fucking days. Like I was taunting the hell out of them. Fuck you. You're not you claim all your shit. Come after me then. Let's see it. And they couldn't do anything. And they tried. Like they tried to fish, uh, you know, where I was writing at the time. They tried to fish the whole company. But like IT and and I warned IT they were coming and this is what they look like and everything. We spotted them from a mile away. They still and around. so then I wrote a story making fun of their attempts to try and attack us at the corporate level. And that pissed them off even further. And so, yeah, it was it was very much a thing. They went away after like three months. Like I was going to say, because the last the last uh, news articles are like from 2016, 20. Oh, on, for me at, at, at IDG. Yeah, yeah, that's right no, around no, no, the time. I, I just did a, a, a Google search for like news articles on Syrian Electronic Army, and I'm not mm. seeing anything past 2016 when somebody got charged from them. Oh, wait, no, there is. No, there's 2018. I'm sorry. Okay. So, I mean, so the name itself is is... is don't think it's any one group or one person like that name is kind of like dead dread pirate roberts like it, oh, sure, it's yeah. like anybody can can roll around with it but yeah the 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 group the b team <laughs> i think a couple of them got arrested and they just dribbled up and, and went away it was it was pretty funny but yeah I like so i literally i was reading that going oh, they were salty <laughs> they, they were mad that i was making fun of them like they just could not take it and then I mean, I've had run-ins with actual security companies. Uh, there are two security companies when I was a journalist that uh, their PR people blackballed me and would never talk to me, mm. which is really funny. Salty. Drop names, drop names. Mm. Uh, well, well, one of them uh, got sold, and their original founder is no longer with us. Rest in peace. So that'll give you a, a, uh, a hint. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, he was... He was unique. Really got into crypto and and whales. It was weird. The um the the, the funny thing about it was uh, I basically just called them out for selling last year's product in, in new packaging labeled for this year, and they didn't like it. So they they their PR people blackballed me. It really made them mad when like their threat researchers would still give me quotes for stories because I would just go to them directly. Um, if it's the company I'm thinking, uh, if it's the company. I'm thinking of you. It's Mac. Mac okay. Yeah, Mac Last year product, they're giving you 10 year old product from someone else <laughs> and we packaging it as their own. <laughs> That's great. No, but the, uh, the, the funny thing is um, there was one company that uh, <laughs> the nation state of Tennessee, there, uh, <laughs> there was one company that was doing uh, like, I think it was like SCADA attacks. They were tracking SCADA attacks and, and like packets and like, you know, honeypots and things like this. And they swore they, they detected, you know, uh, these attacks from, you know, Tennessee. And these are clearly threat actors. And it's not, it's a well-known researcher who was doing his job. And I'm like, you've been in this industry. How long, how did you not know him and what he's doing? Like, how could you not see that that was him? And they're like, no, we're insistent. And I just brought out all the proof. And then suddenly they got mad at me and it was, I had to, deal with them yeah, it's it's you get contacted a lot by companies or their pr firms if they don't like what you've written mm. but here's the thing if you're writing the truth and not your opinion and you can support everything with facts i mean receipts you're good to go 
you don't have to worry about it. Like that, that is a thing. Like, and a lot of times, you know, some of the, the worst, one of the worst things I think a company can do is if they disagree with something that's written is to try and attack the reporter, the, the writer of the story, because that just makes it a bigger story. You know, now it's no longer about what they wrote. Now it's about you well, trying the, the, the Streisand effect or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. The Streisand effect is real and it, it is a thing that you have to be aware of, but it's a double-edged sword because the reporter has to be aware of that too. Yeah. You know, if you screw up a story bad enough, you've literally like ruined your, basically your entire career. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's, that's how bad it could be. Like, that's why I never burned bridges with any of my sources because when you write about security, hackers don't like you. They don't like the press, yeah. and that's okay. Like it's a well-earned hatred, honestly, because there are a lot of reporters who screwed over hackers, and so they don't like to talk to you. So when you do earn their respect or you know their their admiration, whatever you want to call it, and they agree to be sources for you, they agree to talk to you off the record or on background, and they know you'll honor that. You don't burn that bridge ever because you'll never work again. Yeah, it, it just won't happen. I've been trying to drop dimes on Jake forever, but nobody seems to care. Like I, I've been sending texts to Zach at TechCrunch. I'd be like, you know, Jake did this thing. I, I have cameras outside of his house, and I don't think they care all that much. No, no it's just bribery. It's probably what it is. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be careful of that stuff, man. Um, <laughs> so, since we got two people who are really versed in writing and doing stuff when it comes to bringing it to light and market. Like one thing I struggle with, I've been trying to get into writing, at least write, do a talk, do something. And it just feels like, I don't know, like either, either it's not good enough or like how much is enough or. First of all, who, who are the two people, Dev? Who are the two people? Yeah. Who are uh, these? Uh, how dare say, you? Uh, I don't know. I was going to say Jake and Steve, but. How I mean, did you. Ooh. Did you forget? We've all written. I'm just gonna let y'all fucking fight. This yeah. is great. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, some are more prolific well, than others, but sure, he, Brandon and Jake have done some things. We we have put things on the interwebs. Um, no, but you. Yeah, you have a good question. So anyway, I'm to, about to someone answer, who actually push tons of media on yes. content. To, okay, so I I have an answer, and then I'm sure Steve has has his own uh, thoughts on it. Um, and this is cool because we're actually we do this at Trimark is very huge. We're huge on content on writing and part of it is probably me begging dev to go do things um so even people that have that are that are really good they it's kind of a misnomer saying somebody is good at it you don't know the struggles that we're going through trying to write this shit i have had writer's block so many goddamn times and one of my tricks is to well first of all get it out of your head right and this is for you dev and anybody else get it out of your head of Anything that's like somebody's done this before or why would anybody care? Stop projecting. One of the worst things that people do when they go to start creating content or start want to write something or want to be like a educator and do training and things, they always start, they immediately compare themselves to this, to this like abstraction of somebody else, right? Somebody else did this. And nine times out of 10, they are comparing themselves to a very prolific writer right like oh you know if you know james joyce wrote this what am i doing like, first of all you're not on james joyce's level but they always project about not being good enough to do these things the first thing you gotta do is just say i'm gonna do me i i if you want to right well here's the other caveat you gotta want to do it if that's not your thing and you just you don't get anything out of it 
That's fine. It's perfectly fine. But if you do, one of the best tricks that I always do is stream of consciousness writing, right? Whether it is a creative work, like a lot of my style is very personal, uh, lots of flowery language and metaphors and all this kind of shit to tell a story. But I will just stream of conscious write for as long as I need to. I will literally type out, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. Why am I even writing? Who Nobody loves me. My mom didn't hug me enough, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and eventually I get to, so about encryption standards. Um, <laughs> and it just, it goes like that. So, and then nobody, no, the other thing is working bullet points or however, like, and the, just like little snippets, right? Write single sentences, write some words, and then take a rest. Right, you say I'm going to write for 20 minutes, and it's going to be some gook that I that I makes no sense, and then go back, and you'll be surprised the little things that will pop out to you. It'll be like, oh wait, that's a that that is actually a salient point. I'm going to put this over here. Oh, that okay, that I'm going to expand on this. Right, so it is a extremely messy process. I don't care how good you are. I'm sure Steve will agree with me on this. I don't care how good your final products have been. The beginning is always horribly messy. And every fucking time. Every time. Your first draft is always going to suck. Accept it. Yeah. Um, so so to, to play off of, of what Danny was talking about here, um, when you get writer's block, the first thing you should do is not try to write about anything that you think you need to be writing about. Instead, I want you to to write about the dinner you had last night. Write about that that tire that's on the back of your car that just isn't the same color as the other three, and that really pisses you off. I want you to write about anything that is not the topic that you're supposed to be writing about. And that's going to train your mind into thinking about how to tell a narrative and to tell a story and things like this. And then I need you to imagine one of your friends somebody you're really close with and comfortable with that you could speak to, even if you've got a stammer and stutter and you could look at them and answer a question. And the question they asked you is related to the thing you're supposed to be writing about. And I need you to write your answer out. Think of it as drinks at a bar or at a coffee shop or wherever. But now they're asking you questions about that topic and you're just writing answers out. They don't have to make sense. They don't have to flow in a structure. Just write the answers out. And then stop, put it away, and tomorrow afternoon, this has got to be at least 18 hours later, I want you to go back and look at your answers. Do they make sense to the question? Put them in an outline draft. Frame your story up in the blocks. First question, second question, third question. And then before and after those, start an intro. My friend asked me the following questions about this topic, and this is what I've given him as an answer. Here's how it played out. All right, you just read all the questions they asked me. If you'd like to learn anything else about this topic, this is where you can go. Look at that. You've just drafted your first draft, and all you did was answer a couple questions. Now you, do, you go back and you look at your second draft. How are you going to shape that up? Every story has an intro that sets the tone, the actual body, the meat and bones of the story, and then something that kind of ties it all together at the end. That's what they call a conclusion. But really... You know, when you're putting stuff like go to market and things like this, that's where you would put what's called a CTA or a call to action. But you don't have to have any of that stuff. What you need is just to go from point A to point B to point C. And that's it. Sometimes you can do that in 600 words. Sometimes it takes 6,000. You write until the story's done. And then you walk away for a day and you come back. Now you're on day three and you're going to have to edit this story. So here's how you do that. You start from the very last sentence and you work yourself backwards. 
you edit backwards because see when you're writing the story out your brain your brain knows what you want to say and how you want it to play out your brain knows where you wanted to put everything but when you're reading it backwards and you're trying to edit it your brain doesn't remember what you wrote now your brain's trying to focus on what the fuck you're doing because you're reading it backwards and as you're reading it backwards you're going to catch sentences that are run-ons you're going to catch sentences that have misspellings you're going to catch sentences that don't make any sense to the topic you're going to catch all this stuff and as you do you just work your way through it now when you get to the top read it all the way through from top to bottom does that make sense that's awesome put it away now you go to your editor or a friend or somebody else and you say hey i've written this thing will you look it over and give me your thoughts now you've got a second set of eyes that are not yours reading this thing putting it together and they'll pick up on things or ask questions that you weren't thinking of and that is where you flesh out your story that's what's called a final draft your final draft you wait a day or maybe you just look it over a couple hours later if you're happy with the tone publish it you're done and when you have to call back to this don't be afraid to look at your earlier writing and say even though i went through four revisions and i got this look it still sucks that's fine what what that means is you've actually learned and grown as a writer therefore you recognize the other things in your earlier work might not fit but now you know how to improve them and you keep this process going and that's how you grow as a writer that's how you grow as a storyteller and, and, and things like this. But you have to remember, your first draft's always gonna suck. This is not easy. And just because somebody else did it before you doesn't mean that you can't do it. You could absolutely do it. I have written countless stories based on fishing. Am I the only one that's ever written about fishing? Fuck no. But do I like it when I write about fishing? Yeah, I enjoy it. It's a great, it's a great catharsis for me because it's a topic I'm passionate about. I love educating and defending users and fishing and social engineering, they go hand in hand. And frankly, I'm a really good social engineer. I, I am. And I love doing that. And I like learning about it. I like reading about it. I like writing about it. So yeah, it's it's a thing. But I'm not the only one who's done it. But I don't let that stop me. Yeah, my, my thing is always, you know, I, I draw a lot of parallels between, you know, this and like something like, I talk about weightlifting and stuff all the time, right? Or really anything that you do throughout a day, going into anything cold sucks. You're 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 rusty. Your 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 stuff's not moving. You got to warm up. You got to lubricate, <laughs> lubricate. You got to lubricate your brain, right? You got to, and it's yeah, like Steve said, that's a great thing. Is like just write about something, anything, and get get flexible right get that stuff you also for especially if you are not doing your own personal like if you're just doing your own personal blog and you're the only editor and this is your thing go you know mazel tov like go out and do it but also know that like be attached to your thing be passionate about it but be prepared it's going to get edited if you're in a professional setting or if, if you have to give it to somebody else you're gonna have to not take that as you know as attacks i i try not to but it's the only way that i know has ever worked i am a a very straightforward brutal editor i do i, I won't yell at you or you know i won't like call you names i do that in my private time but i will not go and insult you but i'm not going to sugarcoat it i'm not going to be like oh hey man gee it would be cool if maybe you did this i'm going to be like this makes no sense I don't understand this. Maybe switch these things around. And I'm going to be very blunt with you about it because that's the only way I've ever seen it work uh, for hmm, me. Or why for do me. I struggle writing? I wonder. <laughs> but it's not. It's uh, But you're also very blunt yourself there, Dev. So, like, 
You can ask a question. Yeah, when it comes to technical things. Yeah. Oh, me? Little old me? So, but yeah, that is also a thing that people are not, that I think holds people back is that they want to do these things, but they take any kind of adjustments or edits as like personal, like not attacks, but it makes you feel bad. Nobody wants to feel bad. As soon as you get past that, like the greatest, I love the people I value the most are the ones who are willing to be that blunt with me. And I ask you to edit something that I have written. That is a, to me, it's one of the most sacred relationships that I have. Like back when I was in radio, I would write copy for the station and I had a writing partner ended up being one of my best friends and best man at my wedding. And some of my most favorite memories with one of my favorite people in the world is him just tearing my shit apart. Cause he's like, you had an off day, you know, dude, you suck to do this, but let's, let's work on this. So, <laughs> it, so there is that logical part that Steve was talking about. And then there's getting yourself emotionally ready to do it. Uh, and so once the- you kind of go through those two things, uh, I think it gets a whole lot, if not easier, at least more efficient for you to start that process. I think I think the writers who get really emotionally attached to the content that they're doing and can't work with an editor, either a blunt editor like you or a more directive growth oriented editor like me is the fact that you need to remember when you're writing for a corporate thing, you don't own this anyway. It's there. It's, you're going to write the draft. You're going to present it the best way you possibly can. Somebody's going to go through and edit it and say, this is what I want. And then they're going to publish it. It's their money. The check cashed. Don't be attached to it. Like, like it's, it's not anything you have to take personally, but I'm just going to call out a comment right here. Cause Matt uh, asked a question. If he thinks that you're a, a good editor and it's making my eye twitch because he used Y-O-U-R instead of, uh, you know, Y-O-U possibly R-E. And I just want to let you know that that was mean. And you've distracted me for like the past three minutes just staring at that. <laughs> like I'm looking at it and I just want to like, like, like correct it. But the, uh, the, the funny thing is, even with that, when it comes to like the, the, the really blunt editors like uh, Danny's talking about, I have only ever known two of those in my, my, my career. And the thing is both of them actually made me a better writer long-term because I still hear their voices when uh, I, I go to, to do things, but it's really comical because when somebody hands me something to, to edit, I don't mark it up and be like, Hey, this doesn't make any sense. This needs to be this, this is, this is backwards, blah, blah, blah. I just go through and rewrite their stuff. And I leave change track tracking on and I just go through and, and edit it and write it for them. It's much easier for me to do that. And then I leave little notes. Hey, I changed this because it didn't make any sense. This is an easier way to write that out. This is a better flow. This changes your narrative a little bit, but it goes, you know, structurally sound, you know, and things like that. So like Danny and I are completely different editors, but we actually accomplish the same goal. We fix your narrative and your writing from the top to bottom. So it's it's one of those things. I just want to break you down and so, rebuild you. So can I get your email address, Steve? I just want to send you some stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's. Come on, uh, send it to me. You chicken shit. <laughs> you have access to it. You're, you're never gonna get anywhere. If you don't take the I hard sent knocks. it to you, and you never gave me any feedback. You're like, oh, thanks, F. When did you send it, me? You something? just posted <laughs> it like a couple hours ago, man. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> yesterday. I'm Not sorry, that. Dev. I'm well, busy tracking down other things ago. that need to be edited. <laughs> Uh, I just had, because um, I've written a couple things for a couple of different uh, groups too, and I had a similar experience where I've had some really light editing where 
one that just came back to me was like minimal edits got a lot of good feedback and it was probably one of the quickest things that i'd ever written and i wasn't happy with it um but then i got one that i was really excited about and i got the edits back on it had tons of like tons of corrections tons of questions like why did you do this and blah 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 and and that's what that made me so upset like when i first saw it it made me so mad i had to like stop like i got through the first paragraph and i was like nope i'm not doing this today um but like you guys had said is eventually i came back to it and i realized that he's um the editor's not trying to you're all on the same team it's like one of those sort of like same team bro kind of moments where i realized all right i need to make I, I could answer his question, like I could re-comment on his comment to directly answer his question, but that's not what the purpose was. The purpose was make this more clear in the, so that, I mean, because that's like my knee jerk is, well, I want to answer that question. I want to tell this guy what, what I need to say, but no, it's like, no, you need to make the narrative a little bit more clear. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, there are times I will question somebody like that when I'm editing their stuff. Why did you do it like this? Why did you say it like this? And it's because... What are you, stupid? I'm, no, it's because I'm fine with what they wrote, but I want them to explain to me what they were thinking so I can understand where their head was. Because that also, as an editor, directs me as to where I'm going to expect content from you in the future. A lot of people, they write how they talk. So you have mm -hmm. to edit them like that as well. You can't change somebody's perspective in writing just because you need it to fit your own mold you have to recognize that some people write the way that they they talk and for a lot of the people especially in the security industry english is not their first language so you have to understand that they're trying to write something at your level from multiple different standpoints and so you have to adjust your thinking when you're editing them like that's that's the mark of a really good editor is to know your the strengths and weaknesses of your writers and to play to their strengths while encouraging their weaknesses to get better. So, you know, the, the, the whole thing of a rising tide should raise all boats. Well, when you're editing, you look at their weaknesses and you learn how to coach them up and you make them stronger writers by focusing on that stuff. Sorry, I'm, this is like a topic I could wax philosophic on forever because I'm actually can, really passionate about it. Like, it's a good thing. Oh, we had no plans, Steve. It's fine. Joke, it's, I, told, I told people that I stole it. Um, so I want to go back real quick to a similar question. So, Steve, you had talked about uh, being able to defend what it is that you write when you're writing facts and, and you know, have the receipts. When, when you're writing something that, that doesn't lend itself to that when it is a straight up opinion how so first of all how do you write that and make it clear um that it is an opinion and that it's not based on any facts whatsoever it's just what you've seen and what you think um and then how do you edit that too like if it's if somebody's you are editing someone's voice at that point if it is an opinion piece so the first thing you do is you call it out it's an opinion <clears throat> and usually opinions are written in a first person so you will state, this is my opinion, or you will have the headline, it'll say opinion, and then like a, a thing like this. Like it's easily marked and commented it as a, an opinion. Now, how do you edit that? Well, it depends on the perspective the person took. If it's a first person perspective, then when you're editing, you wanna make sure that, you know, all the grammar is correct, make sure the names, dates, and places are correct, and things like this. And then if they're calling out certain elements, you wanna make sure that like all of their, their proof points are valid. And I don't mean valid as in like, 
I disagree with your opinion, therefore it's not valid. I mean valid as if I say one plus one is two, does it? Is it? You know, make sure they're not saying one plus one is three. Because that may be their their opinion, but it is it is literally fact that it is two. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to to play around with that. So after you edit those, then you just run it. It's an opinion piece. Like you you can't you don't want to change a lot of the thing. But I've always been a fan of if I've got an opinion piece supporting column A, I want an opinion piece with column B too. I want them both, and I want to run them side by side so that you get you know, some sort of balance and perspective. But you got to remember in the news industry, there is not two sides to a story. Sometimes there is only one side. Sometimes there's five sides. But saying that, you know, balance means you've got both sides, just, that's bullshit. You know, you can't, that is just so wrong. It's it's unbelievable to me sometimes because that means you're giving credit sometimes or a voice to an attacker, an abuser, uh, a criminal, things like this. And no. No, that's just not how you do it. Like, that's not how you report on the facts. And so, yeah, that's that's how I would do it if, if somebody was writing an opinion piece is I would just do the basic checks to make sure everything stands up. But also, a good opinion piece, you cite your sources. You claim where you're coming from. So, again, you still have the receipts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have this opinion because of this publication and this book and this and this. That's still, you know, you, somebody can go through, read those things, and possibly form the same opinion you have. So it's verifiable. So that brings me to a question. Like, there's an article I want to write. I'm not going to go into detail here. I think I mentioned it in the Discord. But I don't have access to the data anymore. How do I go about even writing something like that where I can't get access because that type of data it was is no longer available to me? Or You, you, you explain... Data. No, you explain that, you know, if you're writing this for your blog or something like this, you simply state that, you know, at a time, this is what it was. Now I can't access that data, but I swear to you, this is, you know, that it becomes more of a, a inline opinion piece. But yeah, you could still talk about stuff. You know, you're not going to be able to pull up the data, so I can't verify it. That's fine. You know, you don't always want to do stuff like that. But yeah, it's there's a time and a place for, you know, stuff like that. And sometimes even though we can't access the data anymore, the fact that you've seen it and you want to talk about it, that starts a conversation. That gives you the opportunity to build additional content off of that. Maybe there's new research that plays off the data that we no longer get to access. So let's focus on that. You know, there's there's ways to to branch off on things. It just really depends. And those last two questions actually bring up a, a really good principle. Writing is not static. It is a deal with it in the moment type of situation. Every story is going to be different. So there's no strict mold you get to uh, stay with. And yes, investigator chick in chat, it's still your story, which is unique. Absolutely. Yeah. Uniqueness is always going to be fun, but I, I go back to my earlier advice. Don't worry about being unique first. You know, worry about just talking about what your passions are and what you like. And then also remember, you don't have to be first to a story because that's not always the best place to be. It's better to be second and right than first and wrong. And people also make the assumption of like, oh, this has been done. What are the odds everybody has read that thing? It's it's astronomical. Slim to none. None. Slim to none. And even if they have, who cares that they all read that thing? I read that thing too, and it encouraged me so much. Now I'm writing about it. 
have a nice day. Yeah. Like that is, that is very much the way it should work in, in the mindset. Like I want to encourage everybody get a, you know what I want? I want more blogs and more RSS feeds. I want Google reader back. God damn it. Oh, God, I, li- Google I liked reader. Google reader in my RSS feeds. Like I'm using Inno reader now, which is fine. Don't get me wrong, but I want my, I want more blogs, more RSS feeds, more opinions. Like I want, I want, I want the chaos of the nineties internet with the structure of like the internet of 2005. Does that make sense? Like I, I want, I want all of that. And we just, <laughs> so the, the early bird catches the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> it, it's no, literally it, it, like, it, it makes sense. So like the first person out, they got the worm, but you know, like the person, the, the one that came second got more of it. Okay. A worm's only a little bit of thing of cheese. We're talking like giant wheels of cheese right here. The mix of matching the bird and the mouse, like, are they like campaigning together? Are they like in the same? <laughs> like, what is what is this? <laughs> Have a good used VHS CD combo. Yo, does it play Betamax though? If you got Betamax, I'm down. Like, I'll, I'll take that. Well, dude, my uncle had a laser disc. I only saw one ever in my entire life, and it was like, oh, he's dude. It was the size yeah, of a, a goddamn truck tire. Yeah, like those <laughs> things are massive. I think didn't hackers have a laser disc release? Because the only one I've ever actually seen was Terminator Two. But I swear, I, a, yeah, I, I swear hackers. Yeah, I swear hackers had a laser disc release. I don't know. I did, I seen the price tag on those things. I was just like, hell no. These <laughs> things was wasn't it like hundreds of dollars at the time when it came out? Yeah, probably. Do you guys remember VCDs? So VCDs were going to to replace like VHS, no. and like they were self destructing DVDs. So like you could yeah, watch it like twice, and it would no longer play or something okay. like that. What's the point of that? Just so you can rent it up for rental service? Yeah, it was rental services. It was so you could eliminate late fees at Blockbuster. Like literally, that was like the the whole thing that people were trying to I fill up our land, fill up our landfills, and you didn't yeah, have to rewind it. <laughs> no, there was no rewinding. Although, I do remember distinctly telling my oldest son, he was, I think, eight at the time. Uh, I was like, hey, we've got to rewind this. And I handed him a DVD. And he sat there and tried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. I was, <laughs> but it was so funny because he was used to rewind. So we had like the, the VCR rewinder. It's a little box set off the side of just rewinder tape for you. And like all of the the Digimon and the Wiggles and things like this, like Dominic would watch that stuff and he would rewind the tape and watch it back, you know, and everything. So we had a VCR and then we got a DVD player. I was like, yeah, you got to rewind these. And he couldn't, he tried, he tried so hard. It was so great. Just mm. because you introduced your kid to Wiggles. That's what messed him up. It, wasn't oh, yeah. rewinding the DVD. <laughs> it was it the was Wiggles. Wiggles, definitely the Wiggles. Like that was the wiggly party. Steve, we got, about, we got about nine minutes left. Uh, are you headed to Vegas? You're headed to Vegas uh, this week? Yep, I'm leaving Saturday. Uh, I will be there from uh, the 5th to the 15th. By all means, if you happen to see me bouncing around, stop me. Say hi. I'd love to, to chat. I'll take, and... I'll take a creepy shot of him. You know, one of the two. Yeah. yeah. Actually, if you do take creepy shots, uh, send them to Danny on Twitter so he can post them around. Like, that would be great. <laughs> I, I, I would encourage that. That would be a lot of fun. I, I also... definitely want to make sure that we, we do the whole uh, cigar mojito thing. We absolutely should. And here's the other thing. You can catch Danny and I both on stage Friday night at 7 p.m. local time. Danny, what are we going to be doing? Whose slide is it anyway? First place prize, $250, courtesy of Black Hills Information Security. On play, you're going to have fun. And, of course, immediately after that, our friend Lynn Ty will be doing Hacker Jeopardy. So, like, it's, it's going to be a, a great night. all around from one fuckery to the other. <laughs> um, yes. 
Danny, will what? you explain? Will you do the two minute uh, ex explanation of whose slide? I can try. I don't think I've ever explained anything in two minutes, but here we go. Uh, we create <laughs> uh, we create PowerPoint slide decks. You've never seen them before. We come up with them. They're not your usual like decks. It's it's pure chaos. And uh, you come up and you present them as if you created them, having never seen them before. The best presenters own that shit, and they will explain it away, and it sounds remarkable. The worst ones are the ones that punt and be like, well, I didn't make this anyway, so I can't be funny. No. And then we have a panel of judges, which expands exponentially every year because I can't control myself, um, that will then judge you and give you a score. And then top three, uh, top three uh, people take home some prizes. Like I said, this year is $250 from Black Hills. And second place, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll get, they'll get a badge to DEF CON next year. Actually, that, actually the badge to so DEF CON costs more than the $200 than prize. That, yeah. so maybe I should switch them. <laughs> Um, so they actually did something like that in school before, um, that I went to that where they you basically it was like public speaking and they they basically hush you on stage and they shuffle a deck with all kinds of different topics. It is a you pick what you have to walk up and just talk about it like you owned it. It's a very old so, game. It's a very old sales tactic. Uh, it's been known as slideshow roulette. It's been known by a bunch yeah. of different names. I stole it from uh, Rogue Clown who did it at ThoughtCon. She stole it from somebody else who stole from somebody else. So it's a very old game. I just happened to capitalize it and put it at DEF CON. <laughs> the, the interesting thing about the, the slides, so like you, you did something similar in college. The big difference between what you did in college to here is, you know, don't be shocked if somebody's on stage and they look back at the slide and they turn around. And it's like, have you ever seen a fat squirrel? Do you know what a fat squirrel looks like? See, there's a fat squirrel who lives in a tree outside my house. I think he's a part of the squirrel mafia, actually. And if you look, those are his friends on the slide behind me. And we know he's a fat squirrel because right now I'm looking at him. He's eating a pizza, and he's just staring at me, and he's waiting for me to come outside because I think he's going to take my wallet. Those are the kind of slides you'll see on stage, and those, 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 the stories that build off of those are the funniest damn things. And by the way, full disclosure, I, since year one, have had little to nothing to do with creating the actual slides. Those no, come from a yeah. Jedi day. He yep. is my slide master general. Uh, 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 Dade on Twitter is also the, another slide master that I have. Um, and then we have a, we actually have a whole crew. We have Sienna. We have uh, Ian from Black Hills came on recently. Steve's been part of it. We have judges that have been there for all seven years so far. So I just wrangle. I, I yep. submit it and I make it run. I have very little to do with the success and f and hilarity or absence of hilarity of any given slide deck. That is and next year, favorite. we got to do a Trimox slide that we sent to you guys. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I understand that you guys enjoy your company and your brand. You may not no. want to. No, uh, Sean, before I ever joined Tri Trimark, Sean was actually one of the sponsors one year. Uh, I oh, nice. even competed. Sean actually competed right. one year. Nice. Um, and you know how Sean can talk, so he did very well. Yeah. Um, but my my slide creators will ve like will often stick in jokes about at my expense because they know I don't QA the slides. <laughs> I don't even bother. Look, like I say I'm going to, and I'm on stage middle of the game. The one was very sweet. One year it was help Danny get a job because I just been laid off, and that that was very sweet. The other ones were not quite as sweet. So, uh, <laughs> and this is how many DefCons for you, uh, Steve? How many have you been to? Fuck. 
we're, we're at 31 right now just to give you a, a, a measurement yeah well well over 25 or so yeah. yeah it's it's been a long time like i was in vegas for defcon before it was legal for me to even be near a casino so let's <laughs> just leave it at that and uh if you catch me and you want to hear about some of the the hijinks from the early days and you know we're sitting somewhere not being recorded and broadcast live happy to have those conversations <laughs> well let's let's uh, it's time to close it out we're at the end of the hour with uh wins of the week uh we will let uh i guess we'll let dev go first i just want to get him over with wow thanks uh with that with that encouragement i don't, I don't know where i i stumbled with writing um but my win of the week is actually for my daughter. She actually uh, passed her nursing exam. So she's a registered nurse now. So hopefully she'll be out of my house soon. And hey, it'll be a win of the week for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Is it Jake. Make it yourself. Go, Jake. Go. Oh, uh, I don't know. I wrote this a lot is your of stupid and, segment. Uh, I, made, I made Jared mad, but also happy at the same time by committing my code several times. In a row, after he'd already approved it. So after we did a code review, after we did a code, code review, then he commits code multiple times. Hey, you know what? Good because I recorded the entire demo for Vision, and then he's like, "Oh, I changed the UI." <laughs> <laughs> to go back and record like eight or nine different segments because he changed the UI to look good. It didn't look completely different, but it looked different enough. Uh, thank you. So you know what? Good for you for giving Jared a little, a little push. Yeah, just a little, just, just a little, poke. little poke. Uh, yep, Brandon. Yep. Jake, yeah, Jake was riding the lightning this morning with uh, <laughs> rocking all sorts of different things, is what he'd say. So, uh, I'm going on vacation. So, like, basically, in a couple hours, I'm getting the hell out of here. So, I'm psyched about that. That's my win. Good for Wait, you. That's the win for next week. What's the win for this week? It, that, it's it's all blending together. That's a that's <laughs> a cop out. The win this okay. week is the fact that this week is over. Vacation time. There you go. I got um. So I got. A EIN for a LLC that I'm starting. So Ooh. that's that's done. Look at you, fancy. Yeah. Um, uh, Steve, what, how, how was your week? Anything good happened? So, so you know what, my week is 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 mostly been in in Vegas hell. But here's the thing. So the win this week for me actually isn't a win that I can claim. It's one of my employees, but my employee Taz uh, has a an LLC called Cyber Collective, and. She recently got uh, funding from the Artswell, which led to an exclusive interview in People Magazine and a conversation with the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. So that's a win, and I'm very proud of her. So I'm, I, I, that's that's been like a really cool thing this week. Damn, that's awesome. I don't have anything in reserve. I might as well just, Danny. I might as well just say I got the Velcro to stay up on my flags for once. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, I can't even get he's anywhere like close kid. to that. I can't even. He's a kid who shows up at school with his fl- with his zipper down all the time, and then one day it's finally up. I, no, I was just at the store with my son, and we're getting ready to go, and he's like, "Hey, Dad, your zipper's down." And I was like, "That's okay. I'm gonna grow it on a shoulder." Um, but uh, no, I have a very like low low bar for excellence this week. Like neither of these has fallen down, and I have some very I, I oh that's my win. I found some very good uh like hook and loop. Stuff that I'm going to use for literally everything now. So that's my. <laughs> I hope you still talk about the flags. What a lame ass win for the week that was. Hey, if you're in, uh, hey, if you're in Philly area, check out John Con. John Con? Is that. What's, Hell yeah. Who's putting on John Con? Uh, I had no idea. I, you know what? No, I do remember hearing something about it. I know we have Pump Con and that John Con. All right. Well, I'm going to check that out. Oh, it's, it's a new con. con. All right. That's clever. Pump Con. DEFCON history, uh, PumpCon is where DT got the idea for DEFCON. 
Uh, yep. He came to PumpCon and uh, said, I want to do something like this. And this was, you know, now 31 years ago. And um, wow. that is was part of his... Um, it's a verifiable story too. Uh, that was part of his uh, inspiration for creating DefCon because he saw that, and that's one of PumpCon is, I think, legitimately the oldest hacker con in the states, at least. I don't, I can't speak for Europe. Yeah, I think, I think it is. I think in the states, it's the oldest one. Yeah. You know, the the funny thing is, weird DefCon memory. Uh, it, you'll see this at the start of the uh, the the DefCon documentary, but we were at the Rio, and it was Richard E. Baker. And he and I were walking around. He had this massive fishbowl that looked like a brandy glass, but it was a fishbowl. It had like a gallon's worth of, uh, uh, um, oh, man, I can't think of the, the drink now. It's it's the vodka, Kahlua, white Russian. It had like a gallon of white Russian. And we're walking down badge line, like uh, line con, and we're like sharing white Russian with everybody, drinking it around. Talk about things that are clearly pre-COVID. <laughs> we were just walking around sharing alcohol and drinking it. That was nuts. Sorry, weird memory just popped into my head. All right, yeah, well. I was just grossed out by by a gallon of white Russian. Like <laughs> what the hell? Just put a bunch of straws in there. Uh, all right, well, fine. for my set, well, so, oh, by the way, thank you to everybody who hung out in chat. I always uh, these the shows are awesome, and we do it because we want to do community things, but it's also very nice to see everybody hanging out with us in chat. Uh, we don't require registration. We don't require anything out of you except to not be dicks to each other, and you've all managed to do that, so a round of applause for our guests in the chat. Hooray. You guys are all managed to be nice to each other today. Um, we Oh, right, because we're in the show. No, we, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. No, that's a okay. title. Um, <laughs> but we are Trimark Security, Active Directory, VMware, and of course, uh, <laughs> Cloud Entra, Azure. But okay, I'll call it Entra. God damn it. Uh, fine. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and we wore them down. Yeah. yeah Azure. Oh, man, I got to change my graphics and everything now. Uh, we do so try to visit the website, though, because <sighs> the website is still brand new with the domain name. Apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. com slash services to figure out what exactly what we do and if you want to contact us. And we talked uh, the majority about writing and content creating and things, and we do that, hub.trimarkscurity.com. we got webcasts up there. Of course, this episode that you've just listened to or and or watched will be up on YouTube uh, if I get my stuff together and just do it right away. And if I procrastinate, maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, but for myself, Dev, uh, Jake, Brandon, and Steve Reagan, Steve D3, I want to thank you all very much, and we will see you next week, and I'll see the majority of you in Vegas. Bye, kids. Let it go. So, Danny, literally, you showed up like two minutes before, and then you tried to play it off like you were here the whole time. Listen, they don't got to know. <laughs> I, I mean, six, it was six-ish minutes. Are we yeah. in this oh, together? Seriously, it was like two minutes. He was just sitting there idle. Like, he really was here. Like, it, it was a thing. Are we in this together? You're going to sell me out at every point you possibly can. Every I'm point. Just, I'm just calling facts. <laughs> I'm just calling facts. You were here two minutes, and then you're like, oh, this should have started. So scrambling. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to just destroy anything you create i'm gonna edit i'm gonna edit you so hard oh and that sounded like you were hitting on him for a minute hold on i'm gonna edit <laughs> yeah. you so hard are we still talking about the paper now like, now what? who needs a room jeez I, i'm gonna take my marker out and i'm just gonna